Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Matt, what was your football highlight of game week 32 so far? Um, my football highlight was watching the highlights of the Crystal Palace Huddersfield game um, because I mean, we just, just watched the Liverpool Spurs game and often those games are a bit like watching a, a PlayStation game because everyone does the right thing and there's lots of good technique and they slot it home. But Crystal Palace Huddersfield reminded you that they actually are human beings and play the same sport that we used to play when we were kicking it about uh, because the finishing was just absolutely comically bad. Um, my favourite one being, I think it's, was it Callum Grant or Caleb Grant uh, for Huddersfield attempting a chip and just passing it off the field for like a throw-in slash corner. Um, it reminded me a lot of what, what I always used to attempt a chip every single time, uh, but it would often go horribly wrong just like that. So it, it made me feel I could be a premiership football player. <coughs> That's nice. You're making me think of my, my technique when we used to play five-a-side together in London. I used to try and flick the ball over my head every single time and <laughs> fail every single time. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a special move, just like <laughs> Duncan's way of losing possession. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving swiftly on, Andy, what's your football highlight? Uh, mine is an article that I read this week on planetfootball.com. It was uh, an article about footballers who hated each other, which was, uh, I, I clicked on it because... Um, it was. It had uh, Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham and their famous feud as the uh, the headline act. But I uh, I read about something that I don't know whether you guys know about this. Do you guys know about the um, the blank page in Stefan Effenberg's autobiography? No, no. This is brilliant. It's entitled "Everything Lothar Mateus Knows About Football." Which would be a bit like that. So I'd thoroughly recommend reading that article. It's very funny. That was my favourite bit. Ah, oh, nice one. Who else is featured? Um, who else is featured? That's a great question. That's that was that was that was my highlight. Like I hadn't I like bring more than that. I should check, shouldn't I? Who's uh who's on there? But yeah, that, that, I that, that's what I remember is uh, reading about Sheringham and Cole and reading about Stephen Effenberg. Ah, oh, nice one, Ben. How about you? I should say um, before you answer, Ben, we are Sunday just after the Liverpool Spurs game, so we're kind of halfway through the double game week, pretty much exactly. Um, so, yeah, what was your highlight so far, Ben? Uh, my highlights were watching England play in the in the international break. Um, it's, it's kind of strange watching an England team where they play good football and they win. Um, so, two back-to-back games where we scored, over, scored five goals. So, um, that was fun to watch. And um, Callum Hudson-Odoi got his first start. And I was I was reading and I was watching a video of like uh, highlights of Callum Hudson Odoi when he was like uh, in school, a teenager. It, it was just like highlights of Callum Hudson Odoi like destroying other like uh, school school kids. Um, and then I noticed he he um, the grounds where he was playing, and I didn't realize this, but he actually went to the same um, secondary school as us because I saw our secondary school was called Whitgift. And I saw like the, the Whitgift logo on, on his, um, on his uh, kit and he was just destroying people. And I was like, oh, that was kind of funny to see because um, I, I, I hadn't realized he went to the same school as this. And I, I don't know if you guys did either. It was no, different no, I, times. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, funny we you, um, 
<laughs> we imagine like uh, there are loads of stories about how Victor Moses, who also went to our school, used to sort of destroy every all comers anywhere near him and scored six goals in the cup final once. And you think, okay, well, obviously he's on a different planet. And I think Hudson Odoi seems like he's a better player than Victor Moses. I can only imagine what what terror he wrought in defences. Yeah, it's funny when you watch. Say it contrasts sharply with uh, my attempts to chip the ball. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because when you watch the videos, he's just like dribbling past basically everyone, and they're just scoring. And he also just looks a lot, lot bigger and more athletic than everyone as well. It's kind of funny. It's so exciting with that England team, isn't it? With Jaden Sancho and Callum Hudson-Odoi and Sterling in those kind of forward wing positions. And there's other players you can play there as well. Like, it was exciting watching Lingard playing a similar position during the World Cup. But now, you know, there's so many more exciting young talents. So, yeah, great highlight then. And some good players coming through in the weaker positions as well, like Declan Rice and Phil Foden in midfield as well. It looks like we're actually going to have 11 good players that can be on the pitch at the same time pretty soon. Hopefully, as long as we can keep hold of Southgate. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, my my football highlight this week was um, was the kind of the last closing stages of um, Cardiff Chelsea. Um, I was watching it, hoping for some Chelsea goals, especially from Hazard, because I had him in my team, and um, I couldn't help but just be so entertained by Neil Warnock as the the game slipped away from them and the decisions went against him. There was one point where he was berating Aspilicueta for scoring the goal offside. And as Pilgrim is like, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm supposed to put the ball in the back of the net. I'm not supposed to say, no, guys, I'm offside. Um, it's not like he handballed it in. Um, so that was classic Warnock. And then at the end of the game, um, he'd been raving for about five minutes. And then he walked onto the pitch in front of all the fans and just stared at the referees. and Didn't go over and berate them, just stood back from them the other side of the centre circle and just stared at them for like five minutes on camera. It was really weird, but very, very entertaining. So, more of that, please. From it sounds like one of those sort of WWE moments where they sort of stare at each other with a microphone in hand really intensely as though they're about yeah. to say something. <laughs> yeah, it was so theatrical. It was bizarre. Like, he was definitely doing it for effect, I think. Um, it's very childish, but he's like, how, how old is he now? Oh, 71? <laughs> it's quite amusing that, yeah, he still still does these sort of, uh, yeah, absolutely throws a tantrum every, every time. Yeah, you compare him to Hodgson, it just, you'd have no idea they're a similar age. Should yeah. We get, should we have a look at, um, at how we're doing so far with um, Game Week 32? I think, Matt, you're top of the pile. Um, so do you want to talk us through um, who you put in your team, whether you played any chips and how things are going? Yeah, so um, my uh, strategy has been not to do the free hit this week, but but last week. And so this week, I've been building up to it. So I already had eleven, well, over eleven players, which had two game weeks. And so it was more of a case of trying to build for next week, where I've got uh, like an awful lot of players blanking. So I went for uh, Milijevic, um, which is how you pronounce it, uh, and. He did really well this week. He got me that penalty that I was hoping he would get because uh, Zaha was playing and promptly fell over in the area. Um, it seemed to be the only way Chris Palace was going to score a goal because they wouldn't be able to put it in the back of the net in open play. Um, and 
so that was a good transfer. Uh, and then I've got 67 points so far, and that is mostly because I've played my triple captain chip this week um, and put that on Aguero. I was umming and ahhing between Sterling and Aguero, and so far that's, uh, that's come off very well with 10 points. Although I think Aguero's injured, so that might be just 10 points and that's it. So, um, I have to... I... Sorry, you were saying, Duncan? We we'll have to wait and see how big an injury it is for Aguero, but still, fifteen points isn't bad for a triple captain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd you'd settle you settle for it. Um, he's got yeah ten point triple to to thirty, so that that's really good. Um, and then other parts of the team, Edison got me a clean sheet, so I went for Man City defence. Um, Juan Bissaka got me a clean sheet, and Rashford got a goal. Um, and then other players, and sort of like just more disappointing side is Jimenez didn't start, Son didn't start, and Lindelof didn't play at all. So he's got zero points so far. Um, so pretty good, um, although slightly disappointing. Some of my other players did, didn't get in the first team. Well, yeah, and sad, sad that Son didn't play and Jimenez and things like that. But still, all to play for, and a, a good score for half your team playing so far. Sixty. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pleased. I mean, uh, for, for once, I picked the right captain and made the right transfer this week. So I'm pretty, pretty pleased. Nice. We're going to, once we've had a quick run through our teams, we're going to have a look at um, our upcoming chip strategies in well, from now until the end of the season. So we're going to talk about our, our plans for in that section. I think I'm, I'm up next with 61 points so far. I played my free hit, so I'm, it seems in the FPL community on Twitter, a lot of people are playing their free hits. But amongst us, I'm the only one, and you guys are all playing triple captain, I think. So um, it does, looking at the game week, it does look like the best week to play a triple captain rather than a, a free hit because uh, because of the City fixtures are so good and Aguero has done so well. I did captain Aguero, which has been good. So kind of limiting the damage so far. Um, things that have gone well... I had double Crystal Palace defence instead of double Chelsea defence, which I was considering quite strongly. So I'm glad I didn't go double Chelsea. So I had Schlupp and, and Geiter who got nine points, which was good. Of course, I didn't get the, the key Crystal Palace man, uh, PVA, which is sad, but I did have Laporte. That went well. And Rashford, I just thought I had to cover him. And his price is just so helpful as an enabler in my team. Apart from that, not all else, else happened. Pogba, Sterling, um, Ashley Young. Ah, oh, the last, I think it was 87 minutes. I think everyone else in our mini league had Lindelof, who didn't play. I put in Ashley Young to kind of get that clean sheet if it came, whilst everyone else would have zero points. And I thought I was going to get it, and it was just taken away at the last moment. But to be honest, Watford were getting chance after chance after chance. So um, it was going to come surely at, at some point. Um, yeah, apart from that, going all right. If I get another 60 points um, in the second half of the week, I'll be pretty happy. Um, next up, I think it's Ben. Ben, do you want to talk us through yours? Yep. So I got 56 points. And like Matt, I was building for this week. So didn't use my free hit. I used my triple captain on Aguero. Um, I, I feel like I've been making the wrong captain choices for a long time. And Hopefully this one will turn out turn out better than Sterling, um, but I have to wait and see his injury. I made I made a couple like small mistakes I think. So 
Um, I benched Gaeta for Patricio, um, mainly because I don't like doubling up on teams that, like the smaller teams, just because they can concede at any time. So I did have one Bissaka, so I did get some of the Palace points. And then um, the other mistake I made was I played Alexander-Arnold instead of the troll Pereira. Pereira got eight points. Um, so I think he got clean sheet and bonus, whereas um, Alexander only got two points. Although he did look pretty threatening going forward and he's on all set pieces. But um, so, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Like I got the Rashford points as well. Um, so I'm hoping some of the players that didn't play this weekend will start for the midweek, like Hazard and Son and hopefully Jimenez in my team as well. So um, not too bad. 56 points right now is, isn't is good enough for a green arrow. Um I think my, my week probably hinges on whether Aguero starts against Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, it, from from the look of things, you guys have gone with the build towards 32 with the transfers and then triple captain, and I've gone the other way around. And to be honest, at the moment, it seems much of a muchness. My team, although it might have been better to be a bit more differential, all the teams are quite similar. Um, if I get more points from having more players playing you guys get more points from triple captain Aguero. So it seems to be working out pretty much equal across this week and blank in week uh, 31. It's almost like, um, why did we even bother <laughs> trying to figure out? Because <laughs> they're, they're both exactly the same. Well, I'll tell you why we bothered is because of my... Should, I, should we go on to my game week, which will explain why we bothered? Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't have Aguero, and as such, I wasn't able to triple captain him. Um, I was pretty hopeful coming into the week because Sterling has been on such good form recently. I didn't think that I would lose much by uh, by captaining him instead of Aguero, and especially having Bernardo Silva, who is doing really well this season and actually got 14 points. Um, I thought it, I sort of I felt really good going into the week, but obviously not having Aguero has been a really big differentiator this week, thus far at least, unless Sterling pulls it out of the bag against Cardiff. So um, my, my week overall should have gone well, I think, really. I've got clean sheets for Otamendi and Wan-Bissaka, 14 points for Bernardo Silva, um, and Rashford scored. Um, although Lukaku didn't play, that would have meant, if in a normal game week, I would have had Batsuahi come in, who obviously was a fantastic finisher against Huddersfield. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It, I feel like a, that one mistake has really hampered me. If I if I'd kept in the right person, I'd be on 60-odd on points this, this week, but I'm not. So, fingers crossed for Sterling in the second game. Let's see if Bernardo Silva scores a hat-trick against Cardiff. I'm going to be so annoyed because I very nearly captained him. Good pick, though, Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I was pleased with it because um, I, I did when De Bruyne got, um, for like the umpteenth time, the, whatever the most recent injury was, I was like, okay, well, now's the moment because Bernardo Silva's the one that plays in De Bruyne's position when he's injured. And also, he's playing so well that he'll probably get in on the wing if he's not playing in the midfield. And he's only seven and a half million. So I was, I was pleased with the pick. That's come off. It's just it's come off at the expense of Sterling, who is my triple captain. Should we have um? Should we have a look at um our chip strategy from now until the end of the season? Now we've had a look at game week thirty two. Um, before we do, I think we're going to go for a quick break. Um, but we'll be back soon. Okay, we're back and we're talking chips from now until the end of the season. Matt, what what are you thinking? How is your team set up? 
Um, so chips that I've got left now is I've got a um, wild card to, uh, and I've got the bench boost left. So um, my thinking is uh, I've got game week 33 with very few players, um, but I'm just going to try and ride that one out um, and survive that because I want to get on the double game week for game week 35. So I'll probably be wild carding in 34 and then playing a bench boost in 35, um, which I think could be quite similar to a number of people playing the bench boost in 35. Um, so my one hope is that there's enough variety in there that I can catch rivals um, and sort of still move up, move up the rankings. But I, I, I can imagine over the next few weeks that teams might get some more, more and more similar. And I'm guessing when when you say you're going to wild card in 34, you're going to take into account the double game week fixtures that are actually in 34 as well. Because Brighton play a double with great fixtures, Bournemouth at home and Cardiff at home. And Cardiff play a double with Burnley away and Brighton away. So is that something you are thinking about? Um, so a bit. I and mean, I've already got Duffy in my team at the moment. Um, he's not done much yet, but... Uh... They're not great teams, so it's a difficult one. I think I'll like, have a little nod to it in my 34 team, but I'm not going to go like all in with three Cardiff and three Brighton players because I think that just then ruins the rest of my uh, the remaining game weeks as I try and ship those players out for like uh, decent players. I think that's fair enough, yeah. Um, ben, how about you? What's your strategy? Is it the same as Matt, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much the same. So, wildcard 34... Uh, bench boost 35 um uh, maybe one brighton player probably defender um uh watford have a good double in 35 so huddersfield and southampton um and then arsenal look like they have uh, a good double with crystal palace wolves but i'll probably also choose players where the the run in after that is also is also good um so so Watford, definitely one of those teams, and um, Arsenal as well have really good fixtures till the end. Um, and then I, I think I'll, I'm going to try and choose players where the, the team still have like something to fight for. So um, I, I think I definitely will, will have some Liverpool players, even though they don't have a double, just because then the title race and they have, they have good fixtures. So Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves. Um, I think the tricky one for me is probably Man United because the double is Everton, Man City, and then we have Chelsea afterwards. So I'm not sure how many Man U players to get. Maybe maybe just one or two. Um, but yeah, I, I think for my bench boost in 35, I definitely I definitely will have I think some Liverpool players, even though they they only have the single game, just so it doesn't mess up my team for the rest of the season. It's tricky as well because a lot of those fixtures like you're saying aren't brilliant a lot of those double game week fixtures like you said it's pretty much just Watford that have a good one and Arsenal that have a pretty good one but apart from that yeah slim picking so fair enough to pick the single game week players Andy how about you um I only have one chip remaining which is the bench boost um but it's an interesting one because I kind of feel like I'm unlikely to have an entire team and bench full of double game week players and so saving the bench boost for week 35, which seems like the obvious play, um, I'm not sure whether I'm actually going to do that. What I might do, which I haven't done yet, is look through 
um, try and find a week where my players have a bunch of easy fixtures because like playing a bench boost just because it's double game week when my bench players have really difficult fixtures is going to be disadvantageous compared to a game week where my bench all has easy games. So I think that's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, my bench generally, uh, at the moment, my bench consists of um, Batswahi, Jota, and um, either Doherty or Matip. So, um, and then Pretty the strong. goalkeeper will be Dubravka. So I might do that, or um, I might, if I don't do the research in time, I'll just play on game week 35 like everyone else. <laughs> that's a really strong bench you've got. Well, yeah, my team should be good. I'm telling you. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your bench is too strong. Maybe that's the problem. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that I think it sounds like a sound strategy. Finding which of those fixtures suit those players and then picking it will be a big differential some other week. So I think that's a good plan. Andy, I notice you've got like a load of players that have the doubles in game week 35. So how are you going to ride out 33? Are you going to try and sub some of them out and then sub them back in? Or just without that wild card. Um, well, yeah, obviously, I, that my my original plan was to wild card now, but I uh, I was my team was awful a few weeks ago, and I wild carded to, because I thought I would lose more points by trying to maintain that team up until this point than I would do by losing out on one week. So the truth is, I'm I'm going to have a bad week. Um, but I, it's not like uh, I have I have nothing. Like I do have two Palace players. I have um, Dubravka playing goal. You're right, I do need to make some changes. So what I will probably do is um, take a hit and get rid of my Liverpool players because they don't have a double game week later. So I don't lose out that way. Um, yeah. Liverpool, they are playing. So Liverpool playing Southampton, I shouldn't do that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> you might need to load up on Chelsea players because they're the only ones that are going to play um, the double in 30. Yeah, you're right. They are the uh, the only team that's going to have a double game week later. I don't know. I, to be honest, I haven't really figured figured that out yet. I the, the whole strategy was around kind of um, taking the hit on game week 33 because I knew that um, I wasn't. I was already going to have played my wild card, so I'm going to have a crap week next week, um, yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to ride it. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a really rubbish week coming up next week. I've got five players currently playing, so it's just. A case of how many hits I want to take, I think, for next week. Because um, yeah, that, that's, think... that, that's the week we just accept they're going to lose points um, on ev- on everyone else who can put field basically almost a full team. But it doesn't look like there's many juicy fixtures actually in game week 33. So at the moment, I'm just about content if I can get a lead from this game week. Yeah, the one the one thing I am looking at is Arsenal because they're obviously on form playing Everton next week. They have a chunky defence, although they seem to be coming back into form now. Um, and they play double double later. So do Everton, of course. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, basically the answer to the question is I've accepted a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> For my team and, and strategy going forward from here, um, you guys are saying you might kind of just write off game week 33. I'm I'm going to be relying on game week three. It seems to be the the big differential. Um, I thought that tr- using a different strategy to you guys would be a differential, but it seems to be working out about the same. So it's all about thirty three for me. I'm going to have a full team out. Um, I've I've found out that actually Maguire, although he got a red card in the, the last fixture for me, is actually not going to miss 
um, game week 33, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So apart from a couple of niggling injuries, like Felipe Anderson, who I think might be back by then anyway, um, I should have a full 11. But as, as has been shown in all the blank game weeks so far, everyone gets crap scores this season in, in blank game weeks. So um, hopefully that works out well. If not, doesn't matter. I'm going to be doing the same as you guys, um, wildcarding in 34. Um, and it's been interesting because I haven't thought about it really up until um, today. You know, now we're putting together our bus teams now that double game week 32 is underway. And just thinking, you know, how good are these double game week fixtures? How good actually are they? Um, looking at them, they're not particularly enticing. And I've seen some drafts going around on Twitter of people's teams already. And, you know, Harry Kane playing against Man City away and then Brighton at home. I mean, it's tough. It's very similar to the Liverpool away game. We've just seen him in play and not getting points in. So, yeah, I think I think it was Ben who said um, building the team in mind of the rest of the season, not just game week 34 and 35 is a really good shout. And then... Um, if you need to have some single game week players in there because of that, then so be it. Um, so I think that's the way I'm going to go. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't see anywhere really where our teams are going to diverge, and I'm going to get that difference to catch catch up Matt and Gary at the top of our mini league or climb the rank, climb up my rank generally because um, I think the wild cards look in 35, like everyone's going to have quite similar teams because the fixtures aren't great. So you're going to be limited to a few players, I think, which is a bit of a shame, but we'll, we'll get to that in a few week game weeks time. Um, when we do our preview of that, should we take a quick break? And then when we come back, we can preview blank game week 33. Okay. We're back and we're talking blank game week 33. Um, Matt, you're first up with Southampton, Liverpool. What do you reckon to this one? So Liverpool, having just watched them uh, get that last-minute goal against Spurs, uh, do seem to be on that uh, premiership drive form, uh, going for their title neck-and-neck with Man City. Um, And so I fully expect them to beat Southampton, even though Southampton look quite good at the moment. So I thought if Liverpool start to drop off the pace, then maybe they'll focus on Champions League and their confidence will just get slightly hit and maybe they won't get a result away from home. But um, I think they're going to keep it up now. uh, certainly for Southampton uh, away. Uh, so I'd expect a, a Liverpool win. Um, and in this week where the only big teams playing are Liverpool, Arsenal and Chelsea, um, I think it's a good one to have uh, a fair few Liverpool assets. Yeah, you've got to be tripled up on Liverpool, haven't you? Are there any Southampton players you considered? I know James Ward-Prowse has been a bit of an FPL darling recently, but can you see them getting past the Liverpool defence? Um, I mean, they might, yeah. So Liverpool seem to be just conceding the odd goal here and there. So I could see like a Ward Prowse or Redmond getting getting one. Um, but I mean, I think Liverpool win. I don't know if they'll necessarily keep a clean sheet. I think the, the main considerations of this one is if you're going to load up on Liverpool, which I assume most people will be, uh, which are like the two or three that you go for? And do you go for double defence or do you try and uh, maximise an attack? Um and I, I'm leaning towards attack at the moment. I think Liverpool might just concede one, but people like Mane, Firmino and Salah are uh, the ones to sort of go for, I think, in this, this particular blank game week. We're kind of hamstrung slightly by a 
I guess not a huge amount of people have hit, used their free hit in 32, but a lot of the FPL community have. And either way, I think we're using kind of the teams we already have. So it's going to be just the one transfer here or there, isn't it? So you're saying basically if you've got that one transfer and you've got a space, bring in a Liverpool attack. attacker. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm t- talking personally about my own team, like I, I need to take, take, take a hit or two just to get like a, a reasonable team, which is not, not going to be a full 11, but just a, a reasonable team. And uh, that means I need to make every transfer count. And so I'll be going for some uh, as big big hitter players as I possibly can. And uh, players like Firmino and uh, Salah and uh, Mane are definitely, definitely one of the ones I'll be sub- subbing in, I think, next week. Nice. Um, next up, it's Bournemouth-Burnley, and this is one for me. Um, this is a fixture that I think normally I would, I would say, OK, this season, Bournemouth at home looked great attacking. Burnley have struggled um, generally. So normally I would, I would go with Bournemouth attackers on this one. But I think this point in the season, it um, makes sense to look at the league table and think about motivation. And, and I think Burnley are right in the thick of the relegation fight. They're just above Cardiff. Um, they've played more games than Cardiff. Um, so, so they're gonna, gonna they're gonna play this one, and they're gonna, gonna gonna want to get even further ahead of them in terms of points. Um, whereas Bournemouth are safe, twelfth um, position, um, and I think they can probably afford to take their foot off the gas slightly. So, following on from Burnley's really big win against Wolves two nil, and where Wolves were clearly taking it slightly easy because of the semi final and the cut, I think there's a chance that Bournemouth might be taking this slightly easier and Burnley, I don't think do on the beach, um, even if they could. Um, so I think they're going to be fired up for this one. And I think, I think I'd be saying if you have a spare transfer, then I know Ashley Barnes hasn't hit the heights that people were hoping in these blank game weeks, but I think him or Chris Wood, um, are, are good options and Bournemouth's defense is not particularly good. Um, they're still playing Mefram, um, because of Steve's cook. Steve Cook's injury so I think yeah I think you know Mefram uh, is an issue and I think Dwight McNeil we're going to come on to later but I think he's on a really good run form at the moment he's got two goals and two he's really cheap if you don't have much budget just 4.4 in the midfield so he would be my pick for this game really Um, yeah next up it's Huddersfield Leicester and that's one for Ben yeah, so Huddersfield officially relegated from the Premier League this um, this week. So, um, and Leicester Leicester doing well under Brendan Rodgers. I think I think that's three wins in a row for them. So probably predicting a Leicester win, but at the same time, Huddersfield don't typically get thrashed anymore. Um, they seem quite scrappy. So maybe like a a two nil two one win um, for Leicester. I'm considering um, bringing in Jamie Vardy um, for this for this game week. He looks kind of reinvigorated under Brendan Rodgers. I think he scored five goals in the last five games. Um, so he's someone I have Pereira left over from a long time ago, who managed to keep a clean sheet um, this this game week because I didn't play him. So trolling me, but he's also pretty attacking along with um, I think Ben Chilwell on the other side. And then um, Tielemans looks a good pick as well. I don't think he's blanked in the last, let's see, he hasn't blanked in the last five 
game weeks, picking up the odd goal or assist. I think he's on set pieces. He's good at crossing. So he's also a pretty good shout at a 6.0. So yeah, I think those are probably the players I would look at. I think um, I think we have to shout out Gary, who who has had a cameo on the pod this season already, and is our kind of our mini league leader at the moment. I think I was very down on his pick of Tellymans and thought it was a, a funny one early in the season, but it, my God, has it worked out well for him? I think you know, there's goals, there's assists, there's bonus points, and no one, but no one has him in his team apart from Gary so far as I've seen. So yeah, I think it's a great shout, and um, he's on great form. So. Yeah, and he also plays for the Dutch national team. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I thought Belgian, he was Belgian. I thought he was Belgian. <laughs> oh, was it? Is it? He, he definitely starts for... I, I saw him start for um, one of the teams. Either, oh, no. Was it Belgium? Yeah. He it starts must, with the Belgium team. If it was Holland, then we should report that. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, yeah, I, saw yeah. him, I saw him playing for Belgium as well, I think. Yeah, I didn't know he was an international either. I was like kind of shocked. Yeah, I, I thought he was really famous. Man, you were going to sign him ages ago and didn't. Um, I guess he didn't make the scout, scouting teams great, but he was talked about as like a wonder kid for a long time before he moved to Monaco. And I saw this uh, this footage of him where he just was so, by so far the best player in the on the on the pitch in the, in the Belgian league whenever he played. He um, played for Anderlecht. I could have been playing against yeah. Man U and he, he looked really decent back then. Then he went to Monaco and uh, I think that was a decent transfer for him because it meant he got game time. Um, he played a bit in the World Cup as well, so I think he, yeah, he's a he's a decent decent youth prospect that um, is is coming good now. But I was yeah, surprised to move to Leicester, basically. Yeah, me Look too. That's how talk, I felt about it. All of us talking about whereas before we were laughing at Gary for bringing you in. Yeah, I still <laughs> thought like he was a centre midfielder. That... when you were laughing, <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I still thought he was a centre midfielder, like a bit like Paul Scholes or something like that, who would never get any points because he just passed the ball around all day. But I'm surprised he seems to have quite a quite an end product on him. He does indeed. Um, next up, it's Andy with Newcastle Palace. Um. I this is a really even game theoretically because Palace I think are probably a better team than Newcastle but Newcastle are in really good form and are at home which I think makes it a pretty tough one to call I can see this one ending as like a either a one all or a two one with a, a narrow goal deciding it either way um, it really I guess might depend on whether Palace repeat their finishing from this week or whether they whether they get better at that um, but yeah I, I think this is probably I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to sort of put money on there being a clean sheet in this game necessarily, which is frustrating because I have Wan-Bissaka and Dubravka, but I'm not that confident of either team keeping a clean sheet in this game. Um, I think I'm probably just about erring on the side of a Newcastle win based on them being on form and at home, um, which means you'd be looking at players like Rondon and Perez um, to get the goals. They seem to be, they've both been on very good form recently. Um, so that's what I picked from, from that side from, uh, from Palace, maybe another penalty from Milivojevic, um, maybe a, a Zaha wonder goal, something like that would be the, uh, the most likely sources of goals on that side. So I think that's probably my prediction, a score, both sides scoring, Newcastle marginally winning and um, be uh, judicious with your attacking players. I think that's a really good shout. I think I've been looking at the league table and Palace are in 13th, Newcastle in 14th. So like you say, really even. 36 points and 35 points. Um, we've also conceded um, 41 points and 40 points, respectively. So pretty evenly matched. They've also lost a really similar number of games as well. So, yeah, 
very difficult to call, but I think you're right going for the home team. Next up, it is Matt with Everton Arsenal. Matt, what do you reckon to that fixture? Um, so, well, I mean, this is before we've seen Arsenal play on Monday night, um, but they're going for the Champions League. Um, so, I, I was initially going to say that definitely an Arsenal win, but Everton are at home, so that's that's difficult for Arsenal. Um, and they had a really good win against West Ham uh, yesterday. So I think this one could be um, a, a, an entertaining game. Um, and I, I'm not sure who's going to win it. Um, so I think there's definitely goals in it. I'm not sure if either defence is particularly good at keeping clean sheets. And so from a fantasy perspective, I think just attacking assets in both teams uh, stand a good chance of getting points in this game. Um, and so, yeah, I think Arsenal might just, just nick it. Um, but, uh, yeah, a, a good game, potentially, this one. It's funny how, how much difference a couple of weeks make, makes. You know, Everton were all over the place three weeks ago and then they beat Chelsea and they followed it up this week. So, you know, I think you're right. I think it's much more even than it would have been before. The home form before was pretty poor. They were mm. one of the worst. But, um, but that's turned around now, so... Yeah, goals. I think is a good prediction. I think another thing to uh, to point out with this game is that a very like a, over two seasons now, Arsenal have had a very very poor away record and made up a lot more points at home. So even sort of a an Arsenal team that seems to be on good form, um, when it comes up against a, a good team in an away match, might struggle more than you would expect for a team that generally is as good as Arsenal is. You're right that they're in good form. I think they're. Third or second in the form table, um, actually ahead of Liverpool in terms of form. So, just a second only to Man City. So maybe that says that we're underestimating them slightly. My big question for you, Matt, is a lot of people will have Aguero in their teams as a kind of placeholder for game week 32. But for game week 32, 33, sorry, Man City don't play, so Aguero is going to be blanking. And there's a lot of budget tied up in there, and people are going to want to get that budget on the pitch. Is a Bamiyang a route that you consider? I mean, it's it's tricky because there's not really any other fixtures with a big hitter striker apart from a Bamiyang, uh, the Liverpool guys. But obviously, you know, people probably have them already, and maybe Higuain, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you always forget about Bamiyang because Larson didn't play uh, last game week. Then there's the international break, and they haven't played this game week yet at the time of recording. So. Uh, he did score technically in the last time he played in the, the Premier League against United. So uh, he's, he's definitely a good one. I, I have personal feelings against him recently, having had him in my team uh, for a really juicy run of fixtures. And he did absolutely nothing um, except for miss a penalty. Um, so I'm, that, I think that puts me off, even though I don't think I should be put off. I think actually it's a really, that's a potentially a really good transfer to do. And as you say, you get the, get the money on the pitch um, with someone like Aubameyang and he's, he's had a great season. Um, Lacazette and Mkhitaryan also have uh, been getting points recently. So uh, Arsenal attacking players, if you don't, if budget's not too much of a problem is a, is a good one, especially if you're going to wild card the week after, because uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you just sort of uh, just yeah, get them for that one game. Yeah. I just it just feels a bit weird bringing in maybe a, you know a four point six defender to shore up your team when you're leaving Aguero on your bench and you're not going to need him the next game week because you're wild carding anyway. So 
you don't you right. Maybe, yeah, if you don't have a full eleven, then you may as well play the players that get the most points per game possible um, to try and make up the make up the the points. And the one thing with Aubameyang uh, is though that there's there's been a bit of rotation recently for Arsenal where Lacazette has started. So you, I don't know. Although he's obviously one of their best players, and you'd expect him to start. There's just that little like doubt in the back of your mind about whether or not he'll just show up with Lacazette instead and not play, not start Aubameyang. Yeah, the last two away games, uh, Aubameyang has had 34 minutes and zero minutes. Um, so that's not a particularly good sign. I don't think that's been a, a big trend over the whole season, but I think you're right, Andy. In the recent away games, it has been, been a feature. So, yeah... But, Tricky. Maybe we watch the Arsenal Newcastle game and try and draw some conclusions from that. Um, last up, it's Chelsea West Ham, and this is one for me. Um, I think um, <laughs> until the last minute turnaround against Cardiff, I was going to write Chelsea off and and say that it was a mistake to bring in their well, three of their players for double game week thirty two, and I should have stuck with my guns and thought, you know. They've been crap. Everyone hates Sari. The fans were chanting um, screw Sari ball and they were saying we want Sari out very loudly in, in the live game uh, this weekend. And then it all turns around and, and maybe that's that's enough to get them through this game against the defence who are all over the place, West Ham, um, and where you know if they do start with Hazard, he could, he could have a field day at home. Um, West Ham are also in that position with Bournemouth where they're safe, I think. Um, mid-table, um, very patchy form, you know, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And I think this is a game that they could just lose, not really turn up, and, and Chelsea don't have to do too much to win. I think the big question is, it's similar to the Aubameyang one, I think Hazard will start because he didn't start against Cardiff, but will Higuain start? And if he, he does start over Giroud, um, is he worth bringing in instead of Aguero or, or another big hitter that might not be playing? I'm going to throw that out to you guys. What do you reckon on Higuain? Yeah, he's a difficult one, isn't he? Chelsea, you want to pick some of their players because their fixtures look so good, but just, there's not many Chelsea players that you want to pick. Um, and Higuain is like a case in point where you know he's a good player, but he just hasn't been scoring recently. Um, and even against a team that's maybe on the beach, like I think most neutrals would say he should be playing Giroud right now, but he just he, he likes Higuain, so he's probably the guy who's going to play. I would challenge the idea that their fixtures are so good, actually. After Brighton this week, which is too late to bring a play, any of their players in for anyway, uh, they've got West Ham, which could be easy, but then they've got Liverpool, Burnley, Man United, Watford and Leicester. That's their remaining teams. Leicester are on a high with the new manager. Watford are a difficult team to play against. Man U and Liverpool, Man U and Liverpool, and Burnley are in a relegation fight. Like, I'm and like looking like they're going to survive it through grit. Um, I don't think Chelsea's fixtures look particularly good for them. No, I agree. They don't look good at all. But uh, it's just the question, you know, game week 33 before a lot of people are wildcarding, are they worth a punt? Um, not particularly for the rest of the season. I know it's different with you, Andy. You have to consider it without a wildcard. But if you did have one, would you be considering Higuain? I wouldn't. Just for this to be honest, no. I think... Um, I would consider Hazard, but my my thinking is West Ham are, are just, you never know, they're in, uh, in Paul Merson's word, they're a bag of rebels, they, you don't know what's going to show up. Um, so I uh, I don't think it's necessary. it could be a really easy game, 
or it could be a really hard game that you just don't know. Um, Chelsea look completely bereft of confidence at the moment. Um, and obviously Hazard's natural talent and ability makes it likely that he'll do something. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think Higuain is, is he's getting like a chance a game and not really scoring very often. Um, I don't think you can really, I, I, I would, I would go for Arsenal players ahead of, ahead of Chelsea players, even with the rotation risk. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk whipping boys, gut punts, clean sheets, captains, and transfers. Okay, we're back, and first up, we're going to talk whipping boys. Um, Matt, who do you think your whipping boys are for game week 33? Um, so, I'm tempted to say West Ham, just because of the conversation we've just been having. I reckon they might be completely on the beach now, um, and Chelsea at home who are still fighting for the fourth place, um, might, might, might put a couple of goals past them. So that, okay, that, fair enough. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Yeah, it's a tough one. I honestly don't see that many whipping boys. Um, I did watch the West Ham game yesterday, and they were absolutely shocking. I thought Everton could have scored like four goals in the first half. But at the same time, Chelsea are also awful um, <laughs> so I might go I think I'll just play it safe and say maybe Southampton fair enough Andy it's a really tough one isn't it I mean it could be West Ham it could be Huddersfield um, first game after definitely being relegated and a Brendan Rodgers attacking Leicester could put a few past them um I don't. I personally don't think it's going to be Southampton. I don't think Liverpool are going to put a lot of goals past them away. Uh, so one of Huddersfield and West Ham, I think, just to make it so that it's likely we're going to have consensus on West Ham. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think it. Like everyone said, it's tough. I think what I saw in the Chelsea Cardiff game was that when Hazard came on, everything changed. Chelsea looked much more of a threat, and obviously, you know. Hazard didn't get any of goals or assists, but he he had a big effect, and they they turned that result around. So I think he's going to start against West Ham, um, and I think the slow kind of methodical pace that they were playing at and they have played at under Sari is different when Hazard's up for it. So I think West Ham as well. I just think the Liverpool nerves were creeping in against Tottenham, and Allison was looking edgy and everything. All the fans were quite edgy. So I think an away trip to Southampton could be could be tight rather than a whipping boys. I think they'll win, but West Ham are our whipping boys then. Um, what about gut punts? Matt, who's your gut punt for your blank game week 33? So, the gut punt has to be under 5%, which is a bit bit challenging. Um, and there's not many teams to look around, but I'm going to go for Ozil at Arsenal. I'm, I'm gambling that he gets, gets a, a match, um, and I've, I'm gambling that there's goals in that game, so I'm going to go for Ozil. Ozil in an away game against the Northwest team. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. He, he's chosen oh, Ozil. Right. He can't change oh, it. Right. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Oh, I like missed the inside um, knowledge on Arsenal and how they always fail at certain things. Was yeah, I do know their weaknesses. It wasn't. Didn't uh, Emery say that uh, he wasn't playing Ozil in one game against Bournemouth because he thought they'd be too physical <laughs> in this Bournemouth? <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, might not be plays... the best pick now, but there we go. No, if he plays, it's it's a good pick. Um, 
I should say before we go through any more, um, an update on the, the tracking that Gary has done of our picks so far. So this is week eight of our picks. Um, so far, um, Matt is in top with 63 points. So that's a return of 7.8 points per game, which is incredibly high for a gut punt. Um, so that's the that's the that's the pinnacle. 63 points up there, Matt. Matt, Gary, Andy, Ben. And then me right at the bottom with a points per game of two. <laughs> so Ozil is the man to listen to. And so you've just week. been mocking me, hey? You've just been mocking me. <laughs> I have. Um, okay, next up, Ben, who's your gut punch? Uh, mine's going to come from the same game. I'm going to go for Calvert-Lewin. Oh, someone always picks my bloody gut punch. <laughs> Seriously. Calvert-Lewin from Everton. Um, has nailed down the spot um, up front. So he started the last five games. Uh, he looks pretty good. He runs around a lot. Um, he shoots a decent amount. He's displaced uh, our pod favorite, Sektosin. So yeah, I'm going to go Calvert-Learn. I think that's a good pick. And I think, I just hope he stays in that Everton team because I think he deserves it. And Sektosin definitely does not. Um, so I think it's a good pick too. Andy I'm going to give you some time to think on your other pick and I'm going to tell you mine so I think I alluded to it already I think this time of the season it's all about motivation which teams are still playing and which players are still motivated to to score points or goals as they would see it Um, I think Dwight McNeil at Burnley and Burnley in general against Bournemouth Dwight McNeil's on a great run of form He's on a few different set pieces as well, um, two goals and two. And I think he's going to want to cement his place in that team. He's a young guy. Um, Goodmanson's in and out of the team. Brady's in and out with injury. Um, so he's going to want to kick on from now until the end of the season. And they're also fighting relegation. So um, Dwight McNeil is my pick and he is very lowly owned. So hopefully that gives me some bonus points. Andy, was that enough stalling? Um, am I right in saying that Gary's got Yuri Tielemans as his gut punt? He has, yeah. He's doubled down on Tielemans. Yes, I can't have him either. Um, I'm just trying to find a player that actually has less than 5% and is playing next week and might score points. There aren't that, that many. I think most of the Huddersfield squad's under 5%. If you're interested. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Thank you, know you Matt. No, you know what? After teams are officially relegated, they quite often turn things around and play for pride. And when the pressure's off, sometimes that can have an effect. And Pritchard did well for Matt earlier in the season. Well, that is lovely, but I will not be picking any <laughs> Huddersfield players as my gut punt. Um, I'm going to go for Iozzi Perez against Crystal Palace. He's been on pretty good form recently, along with his uh, form seems to have gone along with the team. He got 16 points against Everton not that long ago. Um, he's a regular starter in an attacking position for an unformed team. And it's the kind of game where a sort of scrappy goal, the kind that he often scores, might be the decider. So, and actually before, I'm just going to check what Rondon's team selected by is. It's 7.9, so I can't have Rondon. So I'm going to go for Perez. I think that's a solid pick. It didn't work out for me a couple of weeks ago, but I think end of the season, Perez is a solid pick. Okay, um, clean sheets. Matt, I'm going to come to you first for your first clean sheet. Um, so I'm going to go pick on West Ham again, I think, um, because if they're on the beach and Chelsea are at home, then I think 
Chelsea stand a good chance of keeping a clean sheet. So you're picking West Ham? So I'm, I'm picking, yeah, I'm picking Chelsea to keep the clean sheet against West Ham. Fair enough. Okay. Ben, what about you? Liverpool. Liverpool, nice and safe. Andy? Burnley, maybe? Burnley, okay. I'm not sure about that one, but fair enough. I'm not very. I'm not confident. <laughs> I think I'm going kind to of run out. <laughs> I'm going to go for Leicester against Huddersfield because I, I think Huddersfield struggled to score, and I've got two Leicester defenders in my team, so I'm, I'm backing them in my team as well as as in my picks. Matt, back to you. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think Newcastle and Palace might both both might score, so I think it'd be dodgy to pick a clean sheet there. Yeah, even though. Crystal Palace's finishing was terrible, you were saying, against Huddersfield? I mean, it was terrible, terrible, but they still had enough chances to get two goals because Zaha eventually will fall over in the air and Millie will get a penalty. Ben, can you see any more? Mm, not really. OK, we'll leave it there. So that's, yeah, four, four, four clean sheets potential there, we're predicting. Um, OK, captains and transfers. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so my team's a bit of a mess really um, and I have to transfer in my the team that I, team and my captains for next week so um, at the moment I was eyeing up Hazard um, Salah Mane um, and yeah maybe someone like an Aubameyang or Lacazette um, but I haven't made my mind up yet because I need to watch the rest of the fixtures for this game week um, so I'll be I'll be taking it probably a hit or two uh, just to field a really decent team, oh, as, as decent a team as I can muster. Um, and then uh, I'll be captaining one of those big hitters. Without hits, how many players will you have? Five. Oof. Wow. That's bad. That's not good. Wow. It's not good. So, so that's free transfer. A bigger pun? So you've got four without the free transfer. I oh, know. So I've got a, yeah, so I could, I could get six without a hit. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about game week 33. Okay, Ben, how about you? So I currently have, let's see, one, two, three, four. I can field eight players without any transfers. Nice. So they're, they're all starting. Um, I'm probably going to get Mane in for sure against his old team, Southampton. Um, I think I may get Salah. I know he didn't score that last minute, last minute goal, but it might be good for his confidence. <clears throat> and then up front, I I think I may go Jamie Vardy. Um, so that that would be that would be a minus eight to field eleven players, um, unless like Arsenal or Yang shows me something amazing uh, on Monday. Um, I think that's what I'll do. And I'm tempted by captaining Mane against his old club. Because I can see him scoring and not celebrating, you know, when they do that. So that's why I'm going to go yeah. for Yeah, I've got a similar thought. I could, when I was thinking, is it Salah, is it Mane? Well, it's, it's player against the old club. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout, Ben. Andy, how about you? So I'm in uh, the same boat as Matt. I have, uh, I have five with no transfers. So six with my free transfer with no hits, which means that every transfer I'm looking at, I'm kind of looking at it as though, do I think it's likely that the person I'm bringing in is going to score at least five points in the next game week? 
Otherwise, it's not worth it because the same players that have a missed game week now are going to have double game weeks later because they're all playing in the teams that are still in the competitions. So um, I'm not really seeing very much at the moment. The one transfer I definitely want to make is that Hung Min Son's um, reign of terror seems to have ended. And so I'm looking at bringing in Gilfie Sigurdsson for him because Gilfie's playing next week against a uh, Shonky defence. And I think is likely to... Yeah, he's on He's on good form. Everton seems to be making a strong end to the season. Um, I'm also looking at... I, I have a theory that it's kind of the uh, the time when Wolves will look to wind down as well. I mentioned this in a previous pod because they're going to focus on the Cups um, and because they traditionally have done well against the bigger sides and they don't have Arsenal at home and Liverpool away remaining of those big games. So, yeah, I, I think possibly it's time to start winding down on your, on your Wolves players. So I'm also looking at removing Jota um, or Doherty. I'll probably remove, if it's Doherty, then I would bring in another Liverpool defender. So we tripled up on Liverpool defenders, which seems like a good strategy. Um, I think, I know you guys have mentioned earlier that they seem to be conceding one goal at a time, but I, I don't think, I don't really trust any of their attackers enough to, to put them in. So I'm going to, I might triple up on Liverpool defenders. If I lose Jota, it might be for Tielemans, so I can copy Gary. It might be um, for Madison to not copy Gary, but still have a Leicester attacking midfielder, one of those two, I think. Um, so what I do with those players will have a big impact on who my captain is. Um, at the moment, I'm looking at Robertson maybe as my captain, um, hoping for a clean sheet and assist. That would be a good. That would be a really good outcome for that week. I think few people will, cap- will be captaining Robertson, so possibly a good differential. Um, otherwise, it might be Sigurdsson or it might be Madison. I like that captaincy pick of Robertson. I think that's a good shout. I think it might be a good game week for captaining your defender. And Liverpool have got the best ones. So, yeah, I like that. And it is tricky without a wild card, like you were saying. I think definitely planning your transfer that you do have, or a couple of transfers if you take a hit around your captaincy, is a good one. Um, so maybe you don't need to, if you're going to captain Robinson, you don't need to do too much. Yeah, it's just getting players on the pitch, right? So it says that four points, like because like I say, it's uh, it's um, it's going to impact the rest of my season as well. Like I've got to, I've got to make sure that I'm really, really sure that any player that I bring in is going to get at least four points, which looking at the fixtures, I'm not that sure with any of them really. Yeah, fair enough. Um, with me, I, I've, built for the blanks so I've got enough players at the moment if Felipe Anderson recovers in time um, I think even if he doesn't maybe he's a good player to get rid of because because um, he's in and out of the team at the moment and he's kind of off form as well but I also think that would be a kind of stupid strategy I think maybe he'd be better as a first sub and getting rid of one of Doherty, Aguero or Bennett is a much better strategy because they're the three on my bench without a fixture at the moment so yeah trying to pick between them um probably makes sense to get rid of Aguero the most out of them um, and getting a heavy hit striker and whether that's Higuain or Bamiang or Lacazette um or even you know just putting my eggs in in Rondon or or backing myself with the Burnley attack with having Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes um but it just seems like a, a week where you can do something a bit punty and it's not going to damage your team long-term. So, yeah, um, that's probably where I'm going to be going. Um, and captain, I think I talked about it before, I like the idea of Mane. 
Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye on on the fixtures. I do like Andy's Robertson shouts, and maybe an Alexander Arnold captaincy for him on all those set pieces at the moment. Um, I think that's it from us, unless anyone has anything else they want to shout about. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at FBLFFFanatics. Uh, get in touch with us on there. It'd be great to hear from you guys. Um, apart from that, I think it's time to say good well. So, say good well. Say goodbye. <laughs> good well. Good well to you, Duncan. Good, good well. It's been a long day. Um, Matt, say goodbye. Goodbye. Come on for an Aguero chip in, the, in midweek. Say good well, Ben. Uh, good well. I'm also help, hoping Aguero recovers from his um, potential injury. Say good well, Andy. Good well. I'm hoping not only that Aguero doesn't recover, but also that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is struck down with some unforeseen illness and prevents him from playing next week. So that Cenk Tosin can play in his place. And miss all of his chances. Well, more so that I, uh, I don't lose out from not being able to pick him as my gut punt because I'm, I'm fuming that yet again my gut punt has been chosen by somebody else. <laughs> nice one. See you guys. 